Unlocking What Was Cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. So, Mike, Nickelback is now in the Canadian Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I have to assume is most likely because of their 2002 hit, Hero. That seems right. I mean, that is the seminal song of the 2000s. The greatest Mm -hmm. song ever written, I think, other than Roland Neal. But we're live. Mm -hmm. We are live. Oh, Mike, well, thank you so much for joining me today. Great news for Nickelback. Glad that they finally get some recognition after all these years. But we're not here to talk about Nickelback. We're here to talk about video games and movies. No, maybe maybe one week we will be. Who knows? Maybe we'll... Which Nickelback (laughs) album do you think we'd have to cover if we cover Nickelback? Dark Horse. Dark, which, what's the, what's on that one? Is that got, uh, how know. you remind me on it? That's a, that, that song's a banger. None of them have hero though. So <laughs> <laughs> just do the whole Spider-Man soundtrack. We'll be safe that way. <laughs> Actually though, that's not a bad idea, but Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. We've got a great episode lined up. I'm very excited, but first I got to ask you, it's been a while since we talked about this, but what have you been playing lately? What games are on your PlayStation five, your switch, your GameCube? Uh, what have you been playing lately? Oh man, well, honestly, Neil, it's just been Zelda. It's Tears of the Kingdom has taken over my life, I gotta say. It's uh, it's a fantastic <laughs> game. I I thought I had only put like 20 hours in the other day, and I looked and I was at 60. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right, actually. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> just because it's so easy to just kind of get lost in it for a while, as you know. You just you, you start mm-hmm. climbing something, you see something far away, you want to get to it. An hour later, you're there. You find a stable, uh, you uh, you try and go to the depths, but then you find a shrine and you spend half an hour doing a shrine. Uh, it's just, it's a mm-hmm. game that really has everything. Like there, it's honestly endless amounts of fun and endless amounts of, of stuff you can do. Can't believe that it's, uh, it's basically even better than Breath of the Wild in that sense of exploration and just creativity. So it's mm-hmm. been a, it's been a lot of fun just playing that mostly. And uh, what else? I think that's about it, Neil. Uh, what about mm-hmm. you? Wow. I mean, yeah, T- Tears of the Kingdom is what I've been playing too. You're right. It does have everything. It doesn't have any Limp Biscuit in it, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. It is a better game objectively than uh, than Breath of the Wild, I would say. It's added more. Uh, it feels like the world is more vibrant. The world is definitely bigger. There's more to do. We've got all these amazing building mechanics that have been thrown in there. So I've been doing the same thing, just chipping away at it, maybe playing yeah. a half an hour to an hour a day. And I- I'm way behind you. I think I'm maybe at 30 hours, which is crazy how different I play video games now compared to 2017. Yeah when Breath of the Wild came out. And at this point, as of recording, I guess Tears of the Kingdom has been out for like six weeks or something like that. At this point, I had Breath of the Wild beat. Like the story was done. I was just doing... Yeah, probably yep. something like that. I would. I was definitely just doing shrines at this point, collecting Koroks, mm-hmm. uh, just effing around in the game, basically waiting for the DLC. At this point, I'm about 30 hours in and only on the first temple, which is way behind where I was back then. But I've been playing other games in the meantime as well. I've, uh, as of like last week or two weeks ago, we talked about Banjo-Kazooie. I was playing that quite a bit, switch, flip-flopping my time around with that. And I've also been playing a uh, game from 2008 on my PlayStation 3, and that's Spider-Man Web of Shadows. Um, I've been really been interested in playing some Spider-Man, a Spider-Man game recently, and there's there's a couple missing from my backlog, and that was one of them, and I actually picked it up earlier this year, back in April. 
And it's kind of been, you know, calling my name from the game shelf. And I figured, all right, you know, I checked how long to beat. This game's only like 10, 12 hours. So I'll, I'll pop it in. I'll, it'll take me a week or two to beat it. So I've been playing that recently. And it's really fun to go back to games that came out like, you know, 2008. I remember this time very well. We were in high school, like year two of high school. I remember everyone was really hot on Xbox 360 and Wii at the time. So it's fun to go back and play games from that era for me now. And, and looking at like how some of these, uh, these multi-platform games have not aged particularly well in certain ways and it's so funny to think back at the time everyone thinking games were like lifelike and this is realistic and as good as games will get and boy were we wrong but it's really fun to play a spider-man game i feel like i'm warming up for spider-man 2 later this year that's perfect i mean i'll probably try and play ultimate spider-man or borrow uh uh, web of shadows and your ps3 (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, when uh when you're done with that so that we could talk about that game when uh new spider-man comes out Definitely. It's very similar to uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, Web of Shadows is, so I think you'll enjoy it. It's got Venom in it. I, it might be, I mean, it's not better than Ultimate Spider-Man, I don't think, but it, it might be like the unofficial sequel to mm-hmm. Ultimate Spider-Man, but I'll leave it at that. I'll let you uh, I'll let you play it. My only gripe with the game so far is the actor, the voice actor who uh, is uh, acting for Peter Parker. Just terrible. I can't. Oh, uh, yeah. The, yeah, you'll, you'll know it right when you hear it. Way <laughs> too high-pitched for someone who I guess is supposed to be in their early 20s. Um, but uh, on, that's guys. The, yeah, it's like it's just high pitched, like it's very whiny. And I get yeah. that, like Peter Parker can sometimes be like that, but we've definitely had some better Peter Parker voice actors over the years. But yeah, that, that's what I've been playing. Nothing really on the horizon for me imminently, except for maybe Pikmin 4 and all the games that were announced in the Nintendo Direct a few weeks ago. But yeah, I've just been kind of vibing. It's nice to, I love summer gaming, man. You just kind of, you just kind of drift from one game to the other. It's great. You play a lot of rooftop gaming, of course, too. You bring your Switch up there and you know, sure. you just go, go hit in that sunlight that's always the thing that i wonder with those ads i'm like you can't see the screen though no no (laughs) you cannot that was definitely something that we were uh we were gaslit on like we thought we'd be able to uh to to play oh wow we can finally play nintendo games in the sun which nope uh, it's uh pretty damn bad it's pretty bad but uh, one thing i did want to bring up today speaking of games and, and gaming is is discs so whenever you go to the store every time you buy a disc and now cartridges for the, the for nintendo games or any games really uh there's always the employee there who says would you like to protect your disc for three dollars or whatever mm-hmm. the price is has anyone ever said yes to this yeah i mean parents <laughs> for the most part do that okay. don't know like your nintendo switch cartridges for those of you that for some reason don't know, can't be scratched, really. They really can't be destroyed unless you really make a mistake or you have, like, a destructive kid or a destructive dog or cat in the house that will wreck them. But even Blu-ray discs, I don't think they can even be scratched. And not, like, it takes a lot to ruin them. So you're really just kind of throwing your money away by protecting them. I worked for a little bit at EB Games, uh, now GameStop. And I remember my manager even saying, like, this is not worth it for anybody to do. But you have to ask them. So yep, we did. Yep. <laughs> uh, but for the most part... Cartridges, it might have made sense. Maybe with those early PS1 games, it made sense. But with tech these days, never made sense for me. I've never, I've never once said, "Man, I wish I, re- I wish I protected this disc." <laughs> and and I, I got thinking that too. Not, not just because I had a uh, a melancholy employee asking me when I bought Tears of the Kingdom, "Do you want to protect this disc for three uh, dollars?" It was. Uh, <laughs> they're it was... already printing your receipt while they're asking <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> it, it was more because I was buying uh, tickets on uh, and and Ticketmaster has a thing saying like, "Would you oh. like to protect your tickets for?" Oh my god like $15 or something and they do this every time you uh you you buy tickets and and like and it's like it always gives you a number too it's like uh, 6000 people recently uh, protected their oh, tickets yeah. with Ticketmaster I'm like okay who are these suckers who yeah. who, who did they get to protect them like if an artist cancels a show you get your money back like you the, the it gets refunded I've never had an issue with that 
No, I, I, I imagine it It depends on the situation for why. I think it does matter why it's canceled. Like in the case of COVID, like that was, I think a lot of people were protecting their tickets in 2021, 2022. And I got my money back, back for stuff like that though for COVID. Me too. Yeah. It was never a problem. I remember, I think I had a simple plan ticket in 2021, I want to say, and we got our money back, no problem. Yeah. Um, but I, I like maybe if the concert, even if it's canceled day of, I feel like that might've been... Who was it? It was it was a show at the uh, Scotiabank Arena. Was it the weekend? There was somebody. Oh yeah, like a year or two ago, and they got and they canceled without announcing it was canceled. That's right. Yeah. So everyone showed up, and I don't think anybody there got refunded. But for me, like Ooh. for the seven dollars, like I'm 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 good. I think it's even more than that. I think it's <laughs> like it really? like yeah. Sometimes it's like fifteen, and oh, I'm no. like wow, that's that's like way too much. The like. We did have a concert that was canceled day of uh, Casey Musgraves uh, mm. two years ago, I guess, in like February, uh, and a uh, lot, lot, of, lot of conspiracy theories on on why that was canceled. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, we got our money back for that, and yeah. uh, and so I mean I don't know I've I've had many concerts cancel on me, especially during COVID, uh, having a lot of bands not being able to make it, and and also being in Canada, we have bands that can't make it up here sometimes, so right. uh, we're, we're pretty used to it. So, Ticketmaster, I feel like you're lying when you say that 6,000 people just protected their Boy Genius ticket. Yeah, I want to hear from the people that have protected their tickets and it's worked out. I feel like I've never heard anybody praise yeah. the protecting tickets system on Ticketmaster. But I, I still can't even understand Ticketmaster's processing fees. That's a whole other topic, though. But protecting tickets and... Co- no, I, I'm pretty bad at insurance. I drive insured, and that's basically it. <laughs> uh, everything else I take a risk on for the most part. But, but Mike, I think that it's time that we bring back our favorite segment that we do at the beginning of every month. Why don't we uh, shuffle up that mailbag? Yeah, let's talk about the mailbag. mailbag. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to write into the show in our mailbag segment, you can do so by leaving us a review on Spotify, or you can write into us on Instagram, Facebook, or Discord. We will read your comments on the show. Just like Mike, who's our first writer of the day? Our first writer, unfortunately, did not write to us about protecting their tickets, but uh, mm. they did write to us about uh, NHL hits. This is Egon Tello 85 on Instagram saying, I picked up a copy of the 2002 version of NHL hits after your GameCube was cool episode uh, recommendation a few years ago and had a blast playing it. Nice. Tons of fun, even while playing as my beloved Milwaukee Admirals NHL affiliate, Nashville Predators, one of the worst teams in the game. Keep rolling. What? Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Everybody <laughs> understands it. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. So glad that we've sold somebody. I think we've sold a couple people on NHL hits and various games over the years. I love that, that we love recommending games to people and finding out that they find just as much enjoyment out of it as we do. And NHL hits can't go wrong with that one. I'm assuming that's 2000. Yeah, 2002. Great, great choice. Great choice. Yeah. And uh, and obviously brought this up because of our recent NHL hits episode. So if you haven't already, go back and check it out. It was a lot of fun to record. Definitely. Next up, we have, I don't know how to say this, Tay Dance on Discord. Ted Danson on Discord. Must be Ted Danson. Uh, (laughs) Remember, uh, listeners, if you want to follow us or join our Discord channel, please search for it. It's a great time. We talk about movies, video games, everything, Oreos. It's a ton of fun. Go find us over there. And Ted Danson says, Mike, upon listening to the Batman Mask of the Phantasm episode and seeing it for a good price on eBay, I decided to buy it. Looking forward to watching it over the weekend. Nice. I look forward to hearing what their uh, thoughts were. Tay Dance saying uh, that, that I'm sure they had a good time watching it because it's a fantastic movie. I I do always say that it's a very different kind of superhero movie than um, than what we're used to now. We definitely have the Marvel formula. So uh, it would be interesting to see someone watching it for the first time. But I hope they enjoy it. Yeah, Ted Danson. Hopefully you enjoy Mask of the Phantasm. <laughs> and Mike, I know you've seen The Flash. Now, light spoilers. Does The Phantasm make an appearance in that film? 
No, I can I can confidently say the phantasm okay. does not make a Well, we had a chance there. <laughs> we also can you had imagine. I know. <laughs> we also had Don't Call Me uh, on Instagram. Go Don't Call Me with two ones in the name. Love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said Y'all's NHL episode remind me of this one game on PS1 that I used to play that was kind of like roller derby, but kind of based on the rollerball movie from the 70s. It was fun. Think hockey mixed with roller derby. My gosh. So is that like hockey on roller skates? Is that kind of the idea? I guess so. I I wanna I wanna know what this game was because a roller hockey game would be sick because roller hockey for one is awesome, mm-hmm. and often roller hockey is three on three, which is NHL hits. You know, this is what we like. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm always shocked that NHL like EA has never put in any kind of rollerblading uh, stuff in their game. Yeah, rollerblading hockey is 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 tense like it can be violent as hell like it's it's hard too like if you screw up like you're you're gonna twist an ankle you're gonna break stuff uh it's a great idea you're gonna what you're gonna break stuff mike (laughs) a little limp biscuit biscuit (laughs) reference for you you. (laughs) uh yeah it would be like an aggressive inline mixed with nhl hits i think that could be a ton of fun and Mm -hmm. mike and i we are both not very well versed on the ps1 library since we didn't grow up with that console only at friends houses and whatnot so that, that console has so many games on it i feel like i'm definitely missing out because i've only played like crash bandicoot and <laughs> that's about it that's it <laughs> and that maybe console. soon this roller derby game if we can maybe. find it yeah i'll have to try and find out the title of it i don't think don't call me mention the name of it no so we'll no. have to we'll have to sift through the titles but mike before i uh, before i go sift through the uh, ps1 library why don't we uh cover today's episode and jump into our topic of the day which is freaky friday but neil it's not friday it's not. We're not even recording this on a Friday. So we screwed up on two accounts. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 19 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast, the show about all things retro that we love from our childhood. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one podcast on the internet who bring up Limp Biscuit pretty much every week. You can support the show on patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. Supporters at the $5 level get to submit and vote on our monthly Patreon elected episode. Last week, we talked about GTA Vice City, the winner of our Patreon elected episode last month. This week, we are talking about the 2003 classic film that starred two beloved actresses, Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan. I'm, of course, talking about Freaky Friday, which was released on August 6, 2003, directed by Mark Waters, produced by Andrew Gunn, no relation to James Gunn, clocks in at 96 minutes, the perfect length of a movie, in Neil's Mm -hmm. opinion, a box office of $160.8 million on a $26 million budget, has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the genre, I love this, is American fantasy. Fantasy comedy. <laughs> sure. Why At, not? <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so, Mike, what are your memories of uh, Freaky Friday from back in the day? Was this a theater movie, a blockbuster movie? Uh, tell me about it. So, I'm 90% sure I saw this movie in the theaters. Hmm, okay. uh, actually, sorry. I, I'm 100% sure I saw this movie in the theaters, and I'm 90% sure it was with my mom uh, because she really likes Jamie Lee Curtis, and I think we we went to see it because of, uh, of, of that. And I, she knew the Freaky Friday uh, franchise, I guess you can call it. She had seen the um, <laughs> the one back in in the seventies with Jodie Foster, right? Uh, so uh, I I'm I'm ninety percent sure it was my mom who I went with, and uh, I I remember I remember a few scenes from it. There's definitely like the scenes saying I'm old, you know, yeah. like that's that's a classic. Her playing the guitar, like mm-hmm. there's a couple scenes that really stand out, and but I probably hadn't seen it maybe since I first saw it. Then if not. Uh, before then, I might have seen it on like the Family Channel, like the Disney Channel, basically right. uh, here in Canada, in um, in maybe like like high, early high school or middle school, like so only a couple years after uh, uh, when I first saw it in theaters. So it, it had been a while since I actually saw it, but yeah, my memories were really just enjoying it, thinking it was really silly, 
and um and loving uh and uh, loving uh, uh Jamie Lee Curtis rocking on guitar. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, absolute icon. We're going to talk a lot about uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, JLC as we like to call her, Mm -hmm. um, today, of course. But yeah, I was kind of the same thing. I don't think I saw this movie in theaters. I can almost guarantee I didn't because it was a Lindsay Lohan movie. And I was, you know, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old boy at the time. And I I can't go see Lindsay Lohan films. I can't be seen seeing Lindsay Lohan films in theaters. (laughs) Now I have no shame. I'll watch all those movies on Disney Plus because they're all terrific. Uh, But this was definitely a blockbuster rental for me. But... I remember specifically in 2003, I guess we were in grade, what, five, four or five at the time. Yeah. I remember seeing this movie poster and and different installments of them, like different variations of the movie poster all over the place. It's like, iconic. It's iconic. That pink and green with the two of them on the front, like every blockbuster window, bus shelters, yeah. magazines, movie theaters, that poster is very synonymous with 2003 for me. And I eventually did, my family did rent it. We used to rent... We used to go to Blockbuster every Saturday night. That was part of our like family tradition. If uh, if I wasn't playing hockey or something, is we would mm-hmm. go up to Blockbuster, rent a movie or two. We'd come home. We'd usually have burgers on Saturday night, and then we'd all sit around and watch whatever the newest release was, Spider-Man, or in this case, Freaky Friday. And I watched it with my siblings and my parents. We all watched it together. And I remember specifically my mom and dad laughing at the Jamie Lee Curtis jokes, and then my sister yeah. and my brother and I laughing at the Lindsay Lohan jokes or any anything happening uh, with the music or the high school or her younger brother and that was kind of how it went it was a movie that was really perfect for families because you had you had jlc who was you know in her mid-40s which was our parents age at the time and then you had uh, Lindsay lohan who was 17 at the time a little bit older than us kind of like that older sister vibe and it it incorporated so many things of the time into it with music and and technology and school and and planning a wedding apparently as well in there too so it really is like the perfect time capsule of uh, of the early 2000s and you mentioned it before the movie is a is a remake of the 1976 film starring Barbara Harris and Jodie Foster. Uh, there's also a 1995 made-for-TV film starring Shelley Long and Gabby Hoffman, and all of this is based on the 1972 novel of the same name. So there's been, what is that now, three Freaky Friday movies and yeah. a book. Um, but we're, of course, talking about the one starring Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lee Curtis, Chad Michael Murray, who plays uh, Lindsay Lohan's uh, love interest, Jake, and Mark Harmon, who plays uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's fiance, Ryan. And I will say, Mike, for one, I did not for one second believe that this guy's name was Ryan. <laughs> it's so funny that you said that because I had the exact same reaction. I, I, kinda, I couldn't remember. As soon as like it, it started up, I was like, yeah, yeah, I remember their names. I remember it was Anna, Tess, and, yeah. and Jake. And I did not remember what the the fiance's name was at all. And when they said Ryan, I was like, Psh, no, no 40 year old man's <laughs> name is Ryan. If anything, Jake and Ryan should be switched with their names. Yeah. Maybe like this guy does not look like he looks like the tough, a hard ass. I can't even quite remember uh, what he does for a living now. I know I no idea. Jamie Lee Curtis was like a psychiatrist and uh, Jake had like three jobs or something like that. But he always he was always he was a good, you know, good fiance showed up and drove his fiance to work and was always interested in what the family was doing. They're two days away from getting married and all that good stuff. But yeah, uh, interesting cast. I love I love all the characters in here. And of course, the standout for me is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who we got to talk about her for a quick second. Mm-hmm. Uh, born in 1958, first role in 1977. Her big breakout was, of course, everybody knows the 1978 slasher film Halloween. Uh, to date, she has over 80 credited roles on IMDb. She's also a children's author. And of course, this year, she was just awarded an Oscar for everything, everywhere, all at once. And Mike, I got to say, after watching this film, she's an incredibly underrated comedic actress. She is. She is a fantastic actress. And uh, I know that, like, 
uh, this year, at least, like a lot of people were talking about nepo babies, the fa- uh, the the new term that everyone loves to throw around, which is basically like people mm. in industries, specific, like a lot of times it, it refers to like movies and entertainment uh, who got their start because they either had famous or rich parents. Right. And uh, Jamie Lee, of course, her parents are Tony Curtis, who's an award winning actor, and uh, uh, Janet Lee. Uh, and so that's why it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she kind of like, you know, she says whatever the hell she wants. And I love, I love her for that. And she basically snapped back at that. She's like, look, like, like, don't, don't uh, deride me for like, like finding success. She's like, honestly, it's, it's sure. It's easier to get your foot in the door when you have famous parents, but it's much harder to get out of their shadow. Right. Like that's like, that is a huge, huge thing. Right. It's one thing to just get in there. It's honestly, it's like deride the the rich the, the kids from rich families. Now those are the ones you want to really go after right. for nepo baby <laughs> terms. It's the ones who have like these like Tony Curtis. He's an Academy Award winner. Like yeah, he was uh, he played Houdini. Like he's very famous, especially when in the seventies when she was getting her start. Like everyone knows Tony Tony Curtis back then. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's a really hard thing to, to do. Be like, oh, Tony Curtis's kid. Okay, like uh, it's really hard to establish yourself as an actual actress on your own without Definitely. your your father's name. And uh, and she did, and she was able to not only you know establish herself as a good actress in kind of a scream queen, uh, but moved on from that too, and like went to so many different genres like comedy, drama, uh, and and horror. Like like she's definitely. Uh, really branched out through the years and I just love that she does not give an F about what she says and is like very to the point. Her speech at the Oscars was also fantastic. She's just a, a great person, great role model. Uh, uh, big, big props to Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, I love her in this movie and everything she's done. She's got that cool mom, I guess cool aunt, mm-hmm. now in this case cool grandma vibes because <laughs> she's in her what now in her 70s now or her late 60s, which is crazy to think. Um, but yeah, she she does she plays the role of uh, Tess very well. Um, and so does uh, so does Lindsay Lohan as Anna Coleman. They both had to work really hard in this film of basically acting like each other because I yep. guess we haven't even mentioned it yet, but the plot of the film is basically a mother and a daughter have switched bodies for a day caused by a mysterious magical Chinese fortune cookie. And uh, the mother and the daughter do not like each other at all. That's, of course, uh, established in the opening 15 minutes of this movie because it wor- this movie, Mike, goes at such an amazing clip. It's perfect. There's no... It's all killer, no filler, this movie. Uh, <laughs> this, yeah, this movie is 100% all killer, no filler. Like, yeah. it just... It, start, it even starts off in, in that kind of way, too. It starts off with seeing Jamie Lee uh, uh, sleeping uh, and uh, and starting to get up with uh, the turtles happy together playing in the background, mm-hmm. which that song has got to be have has got to have been used a thousand times for movies, especially for movie intros. And then when we pan over to Lindsay Lohan's room, we get the punk uh, cover of uh, Happy yep. Together. And do you know who's doing that, Neil? Oh, of course I do, Mike. It is, of course, <laughs> sung by the iconic Canadian pop punk band Simple Plan. It's an absolute awesome transition from the turtles da, to Simple Plan. Da, 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 da. I love that version so much. It's so good. <laughs> I had that on my iPod back in the day, man. Of course I know that. I know yeah. all the Simple Plan tracks. But yeah, it's a it's a classic 2000s opening to a movie. It's like a montage sort of thing of just seeing their lives in the morning. And then when the song cuts out, we get to get some dialogue between the two of them. And they obviously have some tension between them. And then there's this bratty younger brother who, as a kid, you know, seeing this movie as a 10-year-old, you can kind of see, you know, you, I can kind of see from his perspective where, where where he's coming from in terms of annoying his sister. But watching it as almost a 30-year-old, man, I wanted that kid to get hit by a bus. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> just like, oh my God, if I was Jamie Lee, I'd just oh, smack him. 
hated him. <laughs> hated that guy. Worst character in the movie by far. He's like far. the DW of, Basically. Uh, of the movie. <laughs> yeah, you love to hate him for sure. But uh, no, it's the mother and the daughter who are switching bodies here. And right away when they do, happens pretty quick into the film, maybe 20 minutes in. Um, we find out, first of all, that Anna is this kind of punk rock, sort of outcast uh, character in high school. Very smart, but none of her teachers really respect her. She goes into de- detention all of the time. And then Tess is kind of like this uh, psychiatrist, hardworking author. Busy businesswoman. Busy businesswoman. No time for... Well, she's got a little bit of time for her kids. She's also getting married in two days. and I got and, Or like one day, actually. And I got to say, Mike, she is, she's working a lot for someone who's getting married in like 48 hours. And also, like, I'm planning a wedding right now, so it really bothered me some of the stuff. Like, she's... She's still deciding her catering 48 hours before. Like that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a miss there. But Neil, she is a business, uh, a busy business lady with business. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> that's true. Uh, she, she's got a lot going on. <laughs> uh, I do love. Yeah, she is like a psychiatrist in the movie, and so she's uh, taking a lot of patients. There's a patients who like. Uh, need her to be there every uh, every day, and of course, when they do switch bodies, and like that's that's actually one of my favorite scenes is when Lindsay Lohan, who's told by um, or I guess well, it's in, Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis's body is told by her mom to just say, "How does that make you feel?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> every time, <laughs> just just say that, uh, and and there's some really funny scenes because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, when they finally do. Uh, I guess this is going to be hard to talk about because we're talking about Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan. So I know. We, yeah. Maybe we should talk about them in real life and not their characters' names because otherwise that's going to get way too confusing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, the the movie really starts when they do switch bodies. They wake up the next day and they're obviously horrified. And that is, I guess, where the uh, what is the uh, what's the genre that we said? Fantasy comedy. Okay, so American it's not really fantasy. <laughs> this could easily be like a Black Mirror episode if it was uh, from a slightly different perspective, but it's yeah. not. Um, but yeah, the uh, the morning of the film, like the when they they say like okay we're gonna meet up at lunch for some reason to go back to the Chinese restaurant to go get yeah. the get the magic undone. I feel like that 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 two hours that three hours is incredibly long. I just want to dissect this for a second. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis goes in first of all her her nice fiance drops her off at at. Uh, Drops her off somewhere. I forget. I don't know how this works. They drop off Lindsay Lohan at school, the son somewhere else, or not. Maybe they drop him on the middle of the highway. It's, it's never really explained. That's what she wants to do. Lindsay it, Lohan wants to try absolutely. to drop and, off in the And middle. as an adult, I get it. Um, yep. But then Jamie Lee Curtis goes in for a, a full makeover. She gets a haircut, her nails done. She gets new a new wardrobe. And then she sees at least, what is it, three or four of her patients, which has got to be like an hour, half an hour to an hour each, depending on what they're paying for. And then she goes to McDonald's, and that's all before 11.45 a.m. So not only is is this, like, some kind of weird uh, body snatcher, mind-switching movie, it's also some kind of a time-warping <laughs> film, because time does not seem to matter in this film at all. Time, yeah, time does not move in this. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty, it, it's it's interesting. But, you know, they make it work. Uh, there's, uh, of course, in, in high school, which is, uh, you know, where, where Lindsay Lohan's character is, uh, they're hanging out there. Uh, there's Jake, who is Chad Michael Murray, who really just looks like a AI-generated high school kid. And, yeah. And, and, uh, and all the other high school, I noticed, like, all the other men in high school, like, like why why do they all look like they're in their mid-30s? Because they are. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they look so old. I, I like, know. Oh, God. I don't know how Ch- how old Chad Michael Murray was when this film was... Uh, he looks when, a little younger. Maybe. He, he might have been 19. Older than, he might have been 19 or 20. J- yeah. uh, Lindsay Lohan is only, I think, 17, 16 or 17 in the filming of the movie. She's supposed to be 15. Yeah. I, I don't buy that for a second. When I was no. 10, I might have. Like, when you're younger, you can t- you can tell me anybody was 15. I would have believed it. Now, I, I don't 
quite. So he's 22 in the movie, by the way. 20. Is he, is he supposed to be 22 or is that how old Chad Michael Murray is? Well, he's in high school in the movie. But he's, so. isn't he working for the school though? I didn't think it's he's hard actually, to say. I know. I, Cause he said like, I work here. So I think he's meant to be graduated. I think the idea was like, he's meant to be like a recent graduate, probably maybe they had like a gap year. So he's doing like some, uh, he's getting some money for university or college if that's his thing. Cause he's also working at the, uh, the coffee shop we find out, but Chad Michael Murray was in so many films in the early 2000s. He was kind of like the, um, the prequel to like getting into Ryan Gosling and all the, he was kind of like the, the teen heartthrob for every, like every like Cinderella story. And, uh, what other movies is he in? There's this one. Other things. Other thing. I can see him. Gilmore in... Girls. He was there you in, go. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Cinderella Story. I mean, One you know. Tree Hill. Um, Good looking and... guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. He looks like every member of Nickelback put into one. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. Just, yeah, that complete AI generated. We also have um, uh, Mr. Bates, uh, who is the English teacher, I guess it is, yep. um, uh, for oh, hate uh, him. her class. Oh, yeah. We hate him. And yeah. uh, it's uh, it's the guy from Groundhog Day. I always forget the the guy's name, but uh, in Groundhog Day, it's the guy, the insurance salesman who's trying to sell um, oh, yeah. insurance. And then he just punches him in the face eventually after, <laughs> after seeing him so many times. He does play that character of someone who you just want to punch in the face. I know, right? He does it really well. He's also in Seinfeld as the healer, the mystical healer. Oh, uh, my God. That's an early second one. second season, I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. I didn't even notice that. That's cool. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Uh, I this is just off the top of my head. I didn't I didn't look him up too hard because I obviously don't even know the actor's name. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously recognize him immediately from from a lot of different movies. Very '90s, early 2000s kind of actor. And uh, and yeah, well, you do later in the movie find out that uh, he's giving um, uh, giving Lindsay Lohan terrible grades because not because she's bad, but because. Uh, he's got like a vendetta against her, basically, because mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis turned him down for the school dance in high school. Of course, Jamie Lee Curtis was definitely getting all the guys in high school. She didn't yeah. have time for this loser. No, exactly. <laughs> and she kind of calls him out on that, which is mm-hmm. which is great when she's inside Anna's body. Right. Uh, just absolutely eviscerates him and uh, and and uh, definitely destroys him. <laughs> and uh, her friends are like so, uh, so proud of her. Like, oh, my God, like, what did you do? And Jamie Lee's like, yeah. So, I mean, it's funny, like, looking back, the moral of the story is really that uh, high school is easy when you're, like, a 40-year-old. 42-year-old, yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> you can just wreck people. Well, everybody has that. Kind of, don't you have that kind of fantasy where it's like, I wonder how I would do in high school now? Like, at the time, right? everything feels really difficult and challenging, and you don't have time to do anything. But going back to it now, like, I'd probably still probably suck at certain things. But, like, I bet a lot of other things I'd probably do really well at. That, that was also one thing about this film, though, that I didn't understand, because Lindsay Lohan's character, she was already pretty good at school. I don't know why having Jamie Lee Curtis in her... I'm just going to call them by their names. I don't know why having Jamie Lee Curtis in her brain made her stand out as, like, oh, uber smart, because she already was pretty... Like, she she already understood, mm-hmm. like, 1984 as a 15-year-old. Like, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. I think that's the only time that you're supposed to see that she has any kind of brains to her. Other than that, she's just supposed to <laughs> it's be, It's a 96-minute like movie, all right? That's true. You got you to gotta establish <laughs> these things real quick. Uh, other than that, she just knows how to shred on guitar um mm-hmm. but yeah uh, no I, I love that like the vendetta with a parent and and the uh, the kid i guess that like in these schools they don't do like parent teacher interviews ever like the, the i guess she never met uh her her yeah, daughter's sure english teacher no also how, how would she know or how would he know that it's her kid because yeah was uh, he like following has he been stalking jamie lee curtis all these years like maybe uh, may, maybe Ooh, oh that's a that's a, a good subplot that i like to explore <laughs> but of course yeah Lindsay lohan's character they have a they have a band and she is in this Pink six slip. person band it seems like uh, uh, a lot of people in this two, three let's see two guitar players a singer a bassist and a drummer five people <laughs> oh, five not, not, not okay. too above average 
no, no, no. Okay, so that's fine. Uh, yeah, Pink Slip. Uh, and honestly, love, love that song. As soon as I heard it again, I was like, oh my god, I forgot about this song. I wanna grow up. Yeah. Wanna do Amazing. Do. Good stuff. Yeah, Take Me Away, which is, I think, sung by the actress who is actually playing the, the lead singer. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a very catchy song. They play it uh, later on the Battle of Bands. But, uh, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, has to turn off. I love that she just turns the power off <laughs> yep. when uh, she's had enough. Uh, there's her dad in there, too, who just plays, like, the old man who can't hear anything mm-hmm. or doesn't know where he is. <laughs> yeah, I think if I was ever to be an act- actor, I think I'd want to wait and tell him about that age so I can yeah. just play the senile grandparent and everything. I think that's where I would definitely shine. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, lo- I love that dynamic, like having the musician. Also, I just want to call out, like her dad gave her, like her th- her father died. That's a that's a pretty, that's a big plot point at the beginning of the movie. Never, and then at, again yeah. at the end. Um, anyway, her dad gave her his uh, his Telecaster, his Fender Telecaster, which is, I'm assuming is like a vintage guitar. I couldn't tell what year it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But at one point, her her uh, her piece of crap brother is using drumsticks on it, and that was oh, when what? I definitely wanted to throw that kid out a window. <laughs> Um, once I saw that, I was like, no, th- this kid's not like just a dick. Like he's an absolute menace. Like you need to definitely like beat him up. Um, yeah. yeah. She just closes the door. She should actually just wail on this kid. I know. She should beat him to death with that guitar at that point. Like your dead dad's Telecaster is being yeah. possibly destroyed. Like you could break strings. You could chip the paint. Like that, that's terrible. Um, right. but no, uh, I, I love the music parts in this, uh, in this movie. I think the other four musicians in the band are actual musicians. I couldn't quite find a lot of Seems information like on them. They looked like they were. I know Lindsay Lohan had a bit of a music career. Yeah. Uh, All Disney stars basically have did. to. Part of the contract, you got to have yep. three records and be in six movies. Yeah. Um, I know Jamie Lee Curtis didn't. And the two of them actually did undergo, I think, at least a year for Lindsay Lohan, not quite as much for Jamie Lee. Uh, they did go through lessons to learn how to play fake guitar, basically. Um, they're obviously never actually playing in the scenes. There's another studio musician playing all of the parts, but, uh, Lindsay Lohan did a really good job. Uh, mainly you mainly see her fake play in the opening band rehearsal part, but I love seeing Jamie Lee Curtis play backstage near the end of the movie. That was awesome. Uh, I thought she did a really good job playing fake guitar. And that scene is actually one of the things that bothers me now being an adult who's been to over 60 shows, you being over to over 100. I can't believe that in this audience of maybe 500 people, not one person could tell that. Uh, Lindsay Lohan was not playing guitar. I know, right? Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> I can call that stuff from the back of the of the <gasps> club. <laughs> and you did say that. So I read the same thing, how Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis both uh, took a long time to like uh, get basically practice to play fake guitar. Right. Um, but then I stumbled on an interview with Jamie Lee uh, when she talked about how she got the part. And, uh, and listen, listen to this, Neil. Okay. And the actress that was going to do the movie pulled out of the movie. I was on a book tour, I write books for children, and I got a call from my agent saying, this movie is going at Disney, and they have asked if you will be in it. It was a Thursday. They sent me the script, I read it on the plane, I met the director on Saturday, I had my hair dyed red on Sunday, and I was shooting on Monday. So the (laughs) beauty of that movie is that I just jumped into it with absolutely zero prep on any level. <laughs> Way to go, JLC. Holy cow. What a, what a, what an icon. What, a what an icon just to jump into that. Like not an easy movie to jump into, especially with no. all those different mother daughter kind of interactions. And then, you know, having to, to basically play like a, 
a teenager in a 40 year old's body like that's that's uh, that's a lot of prep and by yeah. the way the actress or one of, at least one of the actresses there's a lot of actresses who dropped out it was a kind of a bit of a troubled production at the start one of them was Jodie Foster she was mm-hmm. asked to uh, to reprise her role basically but as the mom instead which would have been really cool yeah that was the, this uh, this movie actually had a lot of uh, a bit of a casting revamp i think not long before it actually had to start filming like yeah. uh jlc said there uh you're right uh foster uh jody foster was asked to come back as the mom which is a cool idea like that seems like something that that actually seems like an idea way ahead of their time yes like, now that would happen <laughs> now that would def this film would not happen now unless Lindsay lohan plays the mom um yeah. but yeah jody foster didn't want to do it she thought it would draw too too much attention away from the film uh jamie lee curtis was offered the role of tess last minute after annette benning dropped out for unknown reasons reasons tom Selleck was originally supposed to be ryan but he dropped out after he oh. found out that benning wasn't going to be in it kelly osborne was originally supposed to play maddie who's the uh, front woman for uh lindsey lohan's band Ooh. she withdrew once her mom was diagnosed with cancer and was replaced with christina vidal and mark mcclure uh who played anna anna's uh love interest in the 1976 film actually makes a brief cameo as boris the delivery man so they were able to get one actor from the original film in the remake which oh. uh if this movie like we said was made today it would be nothing but cameos for people from the original movies <laughs> that's funny and i wonder if like they because he specifically or um uh, uh anna as jamie lee specifically uh kind of says the wrong name to him so then he goes and it's like no it's boris and he like looks at it like shows his shirt and like you clearly yes. see his face that's right so i i guess that was a bit of a nod being like no like look it's me like so uh i i obviously didn't know that because i haven't seen the mm-hmm. uh the original but oh. um it's still kind of cool little easter egg in there for you yeah, yeah. I, I love all that like all of like the little slip-ups that they have that they make when they're trying to pretend to be each other they have to relearn that i'm mom and you're anna and all that stuff it's really cool because it's like that's actually how it would be yeah. uh if if you switch bodies with someone at the last second and this movie, Mike, is chock full of memorable quotes, like you mentioned before. The I'm old quote in the in I'm the like mirror. the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> That's straight from the trailer. I remember that for sure. Uh, one quote, we can go back and forth here with some quotes that stand out. But the one for me, I, I laughed out loud, was when uh, Tess, when she is still Jamie Lee Curtis's Tess, uh, dropping off Anna at school. She just goes, bye, honey. Make good choices. <laughs> and that, that part was actually uh, improvised. That was not part of the script. So yes. I, I laughed at that. I thought that was really funny for some reason. Well, I was thinking that when Jamie Lee was talking about how she got this last minute, like, literally within five days right. of getting the script, she started shooting. I'm sure there was a lot of improvised dialogue in this because as great as she is, I'm sure she's not memorizing an entire book no. of, uh, of a script within five days. So I think she probably, and, and you can tell that there's, it's quite of a, a natural flow to it for sure. And, um, and she probably just had a lot of improv in there. Yeah. She, she said in interviews that I know, I guess she probably didn't remember her lines, what she was really focusing on learning. And I think Lindsay Lohan helped her a lot with this. This was more the uh, intonations of how to say certain words, like going like shut, up like all of that like the way young people talk that's kind of what she focused more on was just more the cadence of how anna talked and less so what she would say so that worked out for in her favor for sure but uh what's a quote for you that stands out anything uh other than i'm old (laughs) my my absolute favorite is when she's talking on her like bluetooth or whatever and uh, in, her, in her ear, and she's she's talking, but she's uh, looking at the the butcher, the woman at the, the butcher counter. Yeah. 
the grocery <laughs> store. Remember, you are a smart, strong, beautiful, independent woman, and you don't need a man to complete you. It's just like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that before, like, the, the famous quote, like, I'm a strong, independent woman, and I don't need no man? Like, does that predate that, or is that around the same time? It might be around the same time. It's definitely, like, the start of YouTube is when that. So, yeah. I guess, technically, it would predate it. Maybe. Yeah, I love that part, too. I, I, how can you not see, like, notice that you're looking into someone else's eyes while you're saying that? But <laughs> It's so funny. Honestly, I've had interactions like that. And there's a whole uh, there's a whole bit for the one of my favorite shows now, uh, Party Down, uh, where uh, Kristen Bell's character keeps looking in people's eyes and like talking, but she's like on on her Bluetooth, like right. the, the same kind of stuff. So and like they make a lot of bits of that. So yeah, I, I love when that happens. I do it in real life, but usually it's not like when I'm not looking at somebody, I'll respond to what they say. But a uh, funny one here with Anna between Anna and Jake, and this is when Tess is in Anna's body, but she's trying to convince Jake that Jake cannot pursue her mom because it's <laughs> yeah. weird you're who knows how old chad michael murray is and jamie lee curtis is in her early 40s and uh anna says something to the effect of jake you have to understand and he just kind of mutters it he just goes i don't understand anything i don't understand anything i thought that was really funny i also like when uh when anna's talking to well i guess it's t- it's anna in jamie lee curtis's body mm-hmm. talking to uh her brother uh, saying, uh, fresher will do you good, you know, and saying to just drop her off or drop him yeah. off here and, and let him walk to school. He's 20 like, blocks. Well, but what about bullies? Run fast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so sad because they actually go back to it later and he's actually getting bullied in school. Too. I know. Like, <laughs> I would have appreciated that as a scene, but nevertheless, yeah, that was, that was funny. I liked it when he finally, he finally does get a little bit of his comeuppance just, just slightly. But, uh, one last quote here for me that I have to call out is, uh, towards the end of the film, or I guess towards the third act. And that's when they're on their way out to the rehearsal dinner of the movie, which I guess is kind of the big climax is the, uh, rehearsal dinner slash battle of the bands thing that's going on and uh uh, anna in tess's body goes all right let's do this thingy and uh ryan goes you mean our wedding rehearsal (laughs) (laughs) like yeah because she just does not care about the whole wedding rehearsal thing which is funny as hell hey anna i i also agree rehearsals Mm. are stupid so (laughs) yeah see when i was a kid here's the here's a real fact mike i didn't know what a rehearsal dinner was until i was 26 i didn't know what a rehearsal dinner was until Probably last year. So yeah, even <laughs> even later, Neil. When I explained to you that you have to come to mine, that's basically when you understood <laughs> it. See, I thought that the rehearsal dinner was always basically the food tasting. And you'd be like, kind oh, of yeah. play. Maybe, yeah. Like, is there some kind of production? I always thought that you you were literally rehearsing what the dinner was. That's what yeah. I, that, that's what it sounds like. Uh, but really, it's the wedding rehearsal is the important part. The dinner is not quite as important. Certain members of the family, it's super important too, depending on who you ask. But no, I literally thought that it was like you go and taste the steak and the fish and the chicken. And that's when you make your catering decisions. Because as a kid, I have no idea what goes into a wedding. So I was like, why is it so important that she goes and tests the steak? I don't see the whole thing here. Um, but yeah, right. it's, it's funny. That's why I'm saying it's like, it's really funny now to watch this. I think I appreciate the film more as yes, an yeah. adult because I've been through, we've been through high school, uh, as a 15 year old and it's kind of creepy to think, but we're actually right smack dab between the two in terms of age. We're about yeah. 13 years removed or 14 years removed from Anna. And we're about 14 years away from, uh, from Tessa's age. And, <laughs> and now we've been through weddings, we have jobs, we've been through high school. So I can kind of sympathize with both, but Mike, that, that, that kind of make, makes me beg the question for you is, uh, if you had to switch bodies, like which one do you think that you could um, fake being better? Do you think you could be better off being a fake adult? I guess we are adults now. Do you think you could fake being a 42-year-old or a 15-year-old? Oh, well, I mean, because I'm like pretty – I feel like we're pretty close to that. Like we could definitely do a 42-year-old. Also because 
for us, and we've talked about this before, but people uh, like much younger than us, uh, it's quite hard to identify with them just because they grew up in such a different way yeah. uh, than we did. Where like I can identify with someone who's born in the '80s very easily. It's mm-hmm. our the, our lives were pretty much the same, other than we got technology a bit earlier. Like is really the only difference, but it didn't really affect our childhoods. No. Uh, per se. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that too. I was like, man, yeah, I could, I could probably even like what people grew up in the seventies, like oh, not yeah. even the eighties, seventies, eighties, and nineties. I think I could probably fit my way into that world to be totally fine. I, I've heard teenagers talk nowadays, and I don't think I could. T- I, I think they could smell a rat within two seconds of me walking into Absolutely. that school. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go in there with like my Simple Plan T-shirt on my skateboard. Hell, how do you do, fellow kids? You yeah, know, I'd be, I'd be definitely. <laughs> <laughs> even if I was in a younger person's body, I couldn't fake my way through it. I see some of these TikToks, man. I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's where I'd I'd, I'd hang out at uh, JLC's yeah. age. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I'd hang out with Jamie Lee Curtis any day I, <laughs> I possibly could, for sure. Um, but yeah, um, I guess that's most of the movie in a nutshell. Um, hang on. But yeah, I guess that's most of the movie in a nutshell. I did have one other fun question I wanted to ask you, Mike, though. And that is if they were to cast a new Freaky Friday movie today, and uh, let's say they don't go back to the Jamie Lee Curtis, Lindsay Lohan. Well, I have heard that they're both interested in actually doing a sequel, which I'd be yes. down for. Um, but if they, if you had to recast like with current day characters, who, who would you pick? Oh, God. I don't know any like, I mean, let, let's say like Millie Bobby Brown when she was like in Stranger Things, because I think she's like 20 now. So I feel like she's too old. But OK, let, let's just say that she's still in. Let's just say Millie Bobby Brown is still 15 years. Well, old. she can she can be in her early 20s if you want. It would just be her switching places with her parent and she's in college or something. OK, sure. We'll, we'll, yeah. like, we'll go with that. Yeah. So yeah. I think Millie Bobby Brown okay. is uh, as the Anna character. And mm, for the, the are you gonna go with a mom or are you gonna go with a dad here because you can you can switch genders too if you I want guess to it could, yeah sky's I, the I, limit these days mike man, clearly i'm just in a box here i'm just, mike I'm you gotta you gotta break right out of that box that you're in right now <laughs> well I'll, I'll just because there's just so many people you could pick i'll just i'll keep it easy i would go i would do rachel mcadams as her mom oh i love that okay cool yeah. actually that's kind of funny because rachel mcadams in mean girls the, basically yeah. the spiritual successor to Freaky Friday. Yes. This was like the 100%. Lindsay Lohan, the, the back-to-back knockout, all-killer, no-filler years where she did Freaky Friday, then uh, Mean Girls, which we will definitely get to on this show someday. I love that idea as a cast. Rachel McAdams, she could honestly probably still play the teenager, too. She looks fantastic. She does look fantastic, <laughs> and she's a great Canadian, and I think she is probably like 42. Let me just let I don't me just want to, Mike, up. I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> Uh, she's 44, oh. so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she could actually play that pretty well, and she kind of looks like Millie Bobby Brown. Like they mm-hmm. they have a similar kind of facial features and hair and everything. So like yeah, I think they could they could uh, uh, do a, a mother daughter thing for sure, and have Jimmy Lee as the grandma. Oh yeah, that's true. You gotta have that senile <laughs> grandparent. That's a good point. Yeah. You see, you see, I had the idea of I was thinking about this, and I like the idea of a uh, an older dad switching bodies with his younger uh, like I like the idea of college student. Uh, yeah. daughter's uh, body. I, I can only think of college age actresses because quite frankly, I don't know that many child actresses anymore or actors. Nope. I'm just out of that league, man. I could not, I don't know who these TikTokers are talking about, but <laughs> I think that you could probably pass Michael Keaton as being an older dad. I still yeah. think, I still think like, even though I know he's in his seventies now, I think, I think he could still go for like 65 probably. Um, like you can trick stuff now with, uh, CG and whatnot. <laughs> de-age him. De- yeah, just de-age Michael Keaton. It's fine. He's, he's such a good comedic actor too. I feel like he could he be is. a good, he's probably a little bit past his prime now for doing it. Being the dad, he's probably more in the age of being the senile grandpa. I'd probably <laughs> want someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger to be that character, honestly. Yes. Uh, cause he just, 
he just timeless. Um, but as a as the daughter switching bodies with, I couldn't think of anybody except for for some reason Miranda Crossgrove, who's like uh, Megan from Drake and Josh. Yeah, of course, I yeah. don't think she acts anymore. But I like if she came out of the woodwork and did this, like you know, iCarly being, she was pretty funny as a uh, you know yeah. in School of Rock and Drake and Josh. So Michael Keaton is the dad switching <laughs> bodies with Miranda Crossgrove. I just like the idea of Michael Keaton faking being uh, a teenager or a young <laughs> college student. I think that would be really good for him. That would be good. I actually like that. Um, yeah, Miranda Cosgrove is, uh, I feel like she's just like a musician now, actually. I think she is Perfect. doing music stuff. So yeah, this would, work, <laughs> yeah, this would work. Yeah, see, this is what I miss about movies these days, Mike. And that is like, you know, you got family movies coming out still. Like sometimes we got a good family movie, but there's no like music in the movie like the 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 kids don't play music anymore i guess because kids just played guitar here and that killed it um (laughs) but like i love the idea of movies ending with basically music videos it it made it so much more fun i think every good family movie should end with a music video and if we had miranda crossgrove and uh michael keaton in there i think we could uh tee ourselves up for that we definitely could and i mean uh we did talk about it a little bit earlier but yeah that is the kind of the climax uh the best scene in the whole movie is uh when they are on stage and uh and uh Jamie Lee has to fill in backstage with the guitar solo. It's such a great moment. Uh, and mm-hmm. I love the, I love when they're just like talking about, it. it's like, have you ever been to a rock concert, mom? It's like, I saw the stones once. It's like, act like Keith. It's like, yeah, Keith, Keith Richards. Richards, my that. Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> and yeah. And yeah. And obviously no one knowing somehow that she's not playing. I know. Um, but then I was, I was thinking to myself because uh, obviously they had this once in a lifetime chance to, being this um, uh, part of, I forget what the actual festival is. It's a real festival. It's a real thing that uh, that they're trying to get uh, uh, get on the bill for. Right. And they're doing this battle of bands to basically win and 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 be able to play there, uh, and get you know record deal exposure, all that kind of stuff. And then Jamie Lee Curtis says, "No, you can't because it's my rehearsal dinner." Honestly, like. Uh, I feel like my parents would just be like, mm, like, go, like, get the hell out of here. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, I, I don't yeah. need you here. Definitely. But Jamie Lee Curtis wants that perfect life, right? You you got to come to the rehearsal dinner. You're the maid of honor, which I mean, she kind of has maid a point. Of horror, as, maid of horror. Uh, maid of horror, As Anna calls it. <laughs> also, like, I, I feel like that's, I mean, I guess that happens from time to time where, like, like I feel like that'd be weird though. Like, you, you, your, your, your husband died, what, three years ago. Your and daughter, she that. <laughs> yeah, your daughter clearly hasn't gotten over it. And now you're making her be the maid of honor as you marry this new guy who she's obviously not very close with. Like, it's such a... You're putting yourself into these awkward situations, Jamie Lee Curtis. Stop doing that. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, that is like the funny scene, though, in the uh, the Chinese restaurant where it's just like an awkward family dinner. Like, it's so cringy yeah. listening to that part, for sure. Um, there are a few, like, kind of loose ends that I feel like never really get tied up in the film. And one thing for sure is the um, the high school bully that uh, Anna is dealing with. The her They used to oh, be yeah. friends in elementary school, and then uh, she kind of became, like, the mean girl which is kind of funny because that's basically sets her up for her next film um but there's the part in the movie where uh anna tess in anna's body uh screws with her test like a math test or a final exam or something she erases the whole test i'm stupid i'm stupid (laughs) on it and we never get any i don't think there's anything after that they never reference her we never find out what happens do they make up are they friends does she get expelled or kicked out or does she fail grade 11 now she has to redo it again i feel like that part of the movie is completely just lost (laughs) Good point, actually. I didn't really think about it, but you're 100% right. That that uh, plot line does not get resolved at away. all. Yeah. But maybe it's just a, it's a good lesson of just like, yeah, sometimes uh, just people don't like you and uh, yeah. you just got to move on. And that is kind of high school, too. Like, eventually you kind of yeah. just stop talking to people. I guess even, that's even the same thing with bullies. So in retrospect, I guess that's true. Sometimes you just kind of lose touch even with, with with bullies or people that you knew for your entire existence. <laughs> lose touch with my bullies. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the goal in the end. But, Mike, the name of that music festival you 
you were talking about is Wango Tango. Yes. At the House of Blues in uh, yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, big thing, like an actual like. So it's cool that they they did reference that. I guess they are in L.A. I mm-hmm. don't I don't think they ever. I'm not sure if they ever mention it, but it's I they're guess clearly that. in L.A. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like they're like we're filming here. Let's make it easy. Let's get Jamie Lee on a plane and, and she can hang out here. Uh, yeah, and they do outside cuts of the House of Blues. I'm not sure if they actually film in the House of Blues or not. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely you can tell by the the ocean and like just the way the trees look that they're on the uh, they're on the west coast. Everyone's um, happy. Every everyone's tan and happy and driving good cars and nothing is salt stained. It looks beautiful compared to the great white north that we're in here. But the the sad part about the music in this movie, Mike, and uh, it's something that we were talking about back on the Sum Forty One episode where we're missing uh, Sum Forty One's what we're all about on Spotify. We're also missing the song that they play in the movie on Spotify. I don't think it's there. We do have the the last song that they play at. Uh, Luckily, Tess and Ryan let them play a punk song at their wedding, which was kind of cool. The song Ultimate, which is a pretty good song, too. I'll give them that one. But mm-hmm. uh, I would like the other one, um, Take, Take Me, Me Away. Away. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great track. I know I'm sad that it wasn't available on Spotify. It's on YouTube, so I watched that a couple uh, more times. Uh, one uh, one uh, thing – or two things, actually. So one thing that definitely would not be included today is the whole – Chinese mysticism. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, plot line. This this even feels old at this point. This feels dated, like, this is like mildly racist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's certainly and it just yeah, just ancient Chinese magic plot line. You know that that trope that you see in a lot of a uh, a lot of stuff, but like in the seventies and eighties, not so much in the two thousands. So that was a bit of a, a reach there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they did it, and then the next one will not include something like that. But I kind of forgot why they actually changed. So that was one thing that I I saw when I watched it again. I was like, oh yeah. It's an earthquake, quote unquote, from caused by this uh, this fortune cookie. Um, and then the other iconic scene that I wanted to bring up that I forgot about until just now is when Lindsay runs down the steps and Jamie Lee is just sitting there at a perfectly placed dining set <laughs> yep. uh, after she realizes that her door has been taken off by her mom. Uh, and, and she just looks like such a badass in yep. that shot. I'm like, oh, she is going to lay out the punishment right now. Why Why is their dining room table? Aren't they going out for dinner in that in that part of the movie? I know, right? I feel, like if, <laughs> yeah. I feel like if I went over to someone else's house, right, and like I know that we're either A, going out for dinner, or dinner is not soon, uh, I would assume that they're all psychopaths in that house and I would have to I was like these are serial killers I need to get the hell out of here right it's like it's like when you have like you know the knife the fork the knife the linen napkins like a bowl of fake fruit maybe there's like like butter knives are already I thought like this place is since these people eat people here They're, I'm definitely not okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that is a very iconic scene uh Jamie Lee Curtis again just absolutely crushing it with just the the physical comedy her body language her facial expressions yeah just the everything she she definitely gives it her all in this film can't say enough good things and nominated for a Golden Globe for yep. this, which is that actually kind of really uh, threw me for one because I was like, wow, like, can you imagine a Disney like basically we can call this a Disney Channel movie. Like, can you imagine a Disney Channel movie being up for uh, a major award? No. And but like, I mean, just thinking about Disney today, can you imagine like a Disney film making what is that four five, like six times its budget? Like that doesn't even happen hardly ever anymore and that's just because yeah. movie budgets nowadays are heavily Ooh. bloated yeah. and uh, expectations are way too high but 161 million dollars on a 26 million dollar budget is insane like that's even i doubt that they spend that much on marketing but even with marketing thrown in there let's say it's at most 45 million dollars 
doubled its money or quadrupled its money. That's insane to think about. And unfortunately, Lindsay Lohan didn't get the same credit for the film, I don't think, even though she also did a really good job. She did. Um, She was only 17 at the time. So really good acting chops for her. And like I said before, she's only a year away from doing Mean Girls, which is probably her best role, in my opinion. And even though she was only 17 in this movie, it's crazy to think that she was only 20 when her life started to go off the rails, which is how most people remember her for at this point, which is unfortunate. Like when we were in middle school, it feels like she was the butt of all mad magazine jokes and uh, comics or whatever, like on the front of all the rag magazines because she was, you know, an alcoholic and she had drug issues and was getting arrested left and right. It's really messed up being almost 30 now to think that all of these publications and all these news outlets were making so much profit out of a 20 year old spiraling out of control. Yeah, basically what happened with Britney Spears. Too, I know. Right? Yeah, same uh, thing. Watch that uh, documentary and yeah, you kind of see how she was like, yeah, the butt of the joke is that's... It's so sad. That's what happens. That's yeah. society, Neil. It's society. Yeah, I try not to do that anymore, but she's only 36 now, which is crazy because in my mind, like she, she's like in her 40s because she, just, course, she yeah. was just always the older girl, right? In all these movies, they aged her up real quick. She was thrown into all these roles real fast and in jail and everything like that so i didn't think she was that young and she's getting back into films now i know she had some random christmas film last year and hopefully yeah. maybe, maybe she'll do freaky friday too maybe they'll call it uh freaky saturday or something i don't know what they'll call it but <laughs> freaky or friday yeah freaky or friday but mike i have one question for you and then we can maybe start to close out the episode and that is if you and i were to switch bodies let's say you know we go to a chinese Ooh. restaurant and there's some you know, magic, maybe not so Chinese, not so racist uh, <laughs> voodoo that happens to us. And there's a giant earthquake and we are the only ones that feel it. And the next day you wake up in my body. Um, I want to know, what would you do to, to fake being me? And do you think you can do it? I can I can start if you need a minute to think about it. Oh, no, I can, I can, I can, uh, I can jump on oh, okay. in there. I mean, <laughs> I'm a little hurt that you can think of it that fast, but all right. At <laughs> uh, first, I would definitely have to make my body get up at like six every morning. Yep. So that's, that would be that's correct. <laughs> that's, that's probably the first thing that, because if I was sleeping in, that's a dead giveaway that uh, I'm not Neil. So right. I'd have to get up and I'd have to, you know, run or work out or something like that. I'd probably just leave. The apartment. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, pretty much it. <laughs> and just go do something. Not sure if I'd actually run, but I I just leave, and so that people thought I was I was gone, and then then I could come back. Um, and I'd have to drink a lot of tea, and and multiple tea, you know, uh, multiple tea drinking uh, throughout the day, and I'd have to always have my my water bottle with me to mm-hmm. uh, to with maybe with water, maybe with tea. Right I guess there. the yeti would have uh, have tea in it, and then the water bottle would just have water. So uh, you know, I'd have to be hydrated uh, a lot, and. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's, uh, oh, and make sure that I, I, I cook dinner as soon as I get home and also make sure I eat like a pretty big lunch, mm-hmm. uh, as, as you well. Eat four meals a day if you're me at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'd have to be eating a lot. See, that's one of the biggest differences. Uh, cause yeah, if you, I don't, I don't eat a lot during the day. Oh. Uh, so yeah, that, that would be very hard for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if I were to wake up as you, Mike, I like that. I like that routine. You've got it right. Pretty much. You just kind of alternate between tea and water all day. And that's basically <laughs> yeah. all it takes to be me. It's not that hard actually. Um, you have to alternate between teas too. You got to go from breakfast to mm. green tea, back to breakfast, back to green tea, a little bit Good of water in there so you've got the gist of it for sure uh i I would have to i guess figure out a way to sleep in because as i've been told i think on a regular day you get up around 8 8 30 yeah uh so that would take so that i don't get up at 8 or 8 30 on a saturday so that'll take some (laughs) 
effort from me. <laughs> I'd have to, if you have a cat, so I'd have to figure out what your cat eats. I'd assume I'd give it a bowl of milk because uh, that's all I know cats eat. Uh, then I would eat a bowl of your cereal because I know mm-hmm. that you're you're a big cereal guy, although now I'm finding out that you don't actually eat much. So uh, people would think something's up when Mike starts taking lunch breaks, I guess. Um, <laughs> so I'd probably have a bowl of, uh, I hope you have shreddies because that's probably what I'd go for. Um, and then I would text everyone on your teams to say that I'm sick and won't be working today because <laughs> oh, there's God. no chance I could fake your job. Um, <laughs> you d- develop websites and you know code and everything. I couldn't fake my way through one second of your job. There's no way. Uh, I think I could fake my re- way through for maybe like just the emailing portion of your job. Yeah. I could definitely do that really well because I do have to respond to stupid emails just like you do. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Uh, but, but I think that's where I would end it. So I would just say <laughs> that I'm not catering anyone or I'm not helping any events this yeah, week. We're booked. Everybody, we're booked. You know, you've seen Jamie Lee Curtis plan a wedding. You know what goes yeah. into it. Uh, and then I play for your Lego sets for probably close to an hour at good, least. Good. Uh, and then I'd probably just shuffle through your PlayStation 5 library because uh, I don't have a PlayStation 5. So I'd have to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You know, play some uh, Hogwarts Legacy, some Jedi Fallen Order, all that good stuff. And then I feel like we probably have to meet up at some point and try and figure out what the heck is wrong with us so uh, we can probably solve the problem. And yep. uh, maybe you'd have to go in my place to my wedding and I'd have to play piano in front of a crowd of people or something like that so that we could <laughs> fix ourselves. That sounds, yeah, that sounds right. I'm uh, I, I'm, I'm, glad that uh, you think that I have shreddies, but I, I unfortunately do not. So that's, that's the saddest part of all of this. I oh, my know. God. I like shreddies. Yeah, me too. They're one of the greatest. Buy them. Yeah, I, I think you should. Maybe I'll get you a box right now in case I ever get uh, put into your body for a day. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Mike, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about with Freaky Friday from 2003 before we uh, close out this episode? No, I think uh, I think that's about it. We've covered uh, this whole movie. I would say uh, the uh, the goods, the bads. The well, there's not much bad. The only like con, I guess, of the movie that I would want to talk about, other than the things that we mentioned, the small things, is that it kind of gets a little dull in the middle part of it. I know it's still a, a fast paced movie, but there is a bit of a point there after you see like the craziness, the makeovers that, that, uh, that she's getting and like the, you know, calling out Mr. Bates. There's a little part there that gets a little dull and I can't like, sp- like specifically call out exactly what happens in that part. And I think that's why I kind of like lost interest. I think it was really any time with the husband or the, the fiance that I mm-hmm. found myself kind of like losing a little bit of interest. And I think I probably felt that same way when I watched it in theaters. Uh, and then it does pick up again, obviously, when they do kind of kidnap her to go to um, to battle the bands and everything, and that gets interesting. But yeah, there is a bit of a lull there in the movie. Uh, not sure what I would do to fix it yeah. necessarily, but uh, it just it the, the shtick gets old, right? Of of them having switching bodies. So yeah, luckily it's only over the course of a day, and the movie does move at a pretty big clip. I think it is like when they re meet up again at lunch and go to the Chinese restaurant. That's probably where it kind of starts yeah. to dip away again, unfortunately, and we. We get out of the comedy of them living each other's lives and now they're they're sort of they're just they're not breaking character anymore. They're not in character anymore. They're just yeah. themselves. Which I guess is really good on the the actress's acting chops. But oh, yeah. as a as a viewer, it's kinda like, eh, I don't know if I need this. Maybe I'd want to see another bullying scene or another uh psychiatrist <laughs> scene or maybe something completely different. Maybe go and see Tess go to like one of these instead of dealing with all these people on the phone, which she does, it would have been cool to have actually seen her go to the dentist or go to uh, she cancels the catering at one point. Would have been funny to have seen that in person as opposed to over yeah. the phone. So stuff like that might have made the movie a little bit more uh, more interesting. But no, like it's a it's a classic film. I loved watching it again this week, having not seen it in probably 
close to 15 years at this point. Like yeah. it's since before high school for sure that I've seen it. So yeah, I obviously talking about it today, highly recommend everyone out there, go check it out. And uh, I guess if you're listening to this and you want to check it out, you can find it on uh, Disney plus. That's where I watched it. And uh, probably your local library. You don't have to buy it on Amazon like you did with mask of the phantasm. <laughs> uh, this movie is quite a bit more accessible, but Mike, before we close out today's episode, I think that we should read the back of the case of freaky Friday. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. But first Victor, Hit us with that sweet jingle. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. In the tradition of the Princess Diaries, Disney's Freaky Friday is the extremely funny and heartwarming comedy everyone will love. Dr. Tess Coleman, the hilarious Jamie Lee Curtis, and her teenage daughter Anna Rockin' Lindsay Lohan have one thing in common. They don't relate to each other on anything. Not clothes or men or Anna's passion to be a rock, to be in a rock band. Nothing. Then, one night, a little mystic mayhem changes their lives and they wake up to the biggest freakout ever. Tess and Anna are trapped inside each other's body. But Tess's wedding is Saturday and the two must find a way to switch back fast. Literally forced to walk in each other's shoes. They... Will they gain respect and understand for the other... Literally forced to walk in each other's shoes, will they gain respect and understanding for the other's point of view? Filled with comedy, rock and roll, and lots of heart, Freaky Friday is a freaking fun everyone can enjoy together. Nice. That's a that's a long back of the case for a movie, but uh, yeah, that it is. tells you everything you need to know about the film. It's funny that they actually mentioned Pr- Princess Diaries there. They're kind of just like using the success yeah. of that, I guess, saying like, hey, remember Princess Diaries? <laughs> well... This is also a movie. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> really, right? Like, I mean, Princess Diaries is a great film as well. I don't know why they had to, I guess, I don't know. Maybe Disney was trying to get, like, these kind of tween yeah. movies off the ground because th- this is kind of that first batch of them when you think about it. But It's yeah. true, yeah. Yeah, but it uh, seems like that those movies are uh, just about over now. But, uh, Mike, while well, I'm waiting for Freaky Friday 2 to finally hit theaters so we can see the end of this box office drought that we're currently in, why don't you let the listeners know what they can expect next week on episode 20 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. Neil, on episode 20, well, that's a surprise to even me because I'm not sure what exactly we'll be doing. I'm currently not in the country. Uh, So we are going to find out uh, what will be planned uh, for everybody out there. We will have an episode going out next week. Don't you worry. We don't miss a week here at the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast, but uh, we'll have a nice surprise for our listeners. And that's... uh, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. No, I'm, I'm happy to I'm happy to hear that you're traveling, and I'm excited to hear the stories when you come back. We'll definitely talk about them in the opening uh, section of the show. So yeah, this is one of the first times ever, I think, where the next week we don't know what we're doing. So anything can happen, Mike, but please come back safe, enjoy your trip, and I look forward to recording with you when you're back in the Great White North. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 19 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us a rating and a review so we can make the show better. You can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool. All patrons get the show ad free and a little early. Thank you so much to everybody over there. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and join the weekly conversation on our Discord channel. Share us with your friends and family. Tell Jamie Lee Curtis, Neil says hi. Thank you so much for the support and we will see you next week. See you later. Rock on, dude. The Unlocking What Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada and hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Additional voices provided by Victor Young. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 level. Dean Donnie, Joey Sirico, Marty Thompson, Double Ugly, 
Benito, Benito, AJ Olson 11, Pedro Marquez, Cube Dude, Bogus Lotus, Jude, and Way Overrated. I'm old! I'm the Crypt Keeper! Do you think anybody would understand that reference anymore? I think so. People our age would. Yeah. But like, I, are you saying like like, like now? People? Like, do kids know? Like, that's the thing is like, if I made that reference in high school today, I think they would automatically know this kid's a '90s kid. Get him out of here! <laughs> Get him out of here! Tasers come! You're, yeah, they, you're dragged out. Yeah, these phones have tasers in them now. Great. <laughs> <laughs>